Good evening, punky peeps. I hope you're having a good weekend, even though it is mostly over. And welcome to another episode of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and tonight I will be reviewing Punky Brewster's Season 1, Episode 8, Part 2, entitled Go to Sleep which aired on November 4th, 1984, and is the last of the 12-minute mini-episodes. Now, before I get started, I'd like to try a little something new, where I see what was going on in the world on the day this episode aired. So, let's find out what was happening on November 4th, 1984, courtesy of the website Take Me Back To. The U.S. President was Ronald Reagan. In that special week of November, people in the U.S. were listening to Caribbean Queen No More Love on the Run by Billy Ocean. Let's see... A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven, was one of the most viewed movies released in 1984, while The Talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub was one of the best-selling books. Alright, let's look at the top ten songs in the U.S. around that time. We have number one, Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, No More Love on the Run. Number two, Stevie Wonder, I Just Called to Say I Love You. Number three, Prince with Purple Rain. Number four, Chicago with Hard Habit to Break. Number five, Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Six, Madonna with Lucky Star. Seven, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band on the Dark Side. Eight, David Bowie, Blue Jean. Nine, Tina Turner, Better Be Good to Me. And ten, with Chaka... Shaka Khan, I feel for you. For the movies, we have Terminator, Night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Killing Fields. Well, a little bit about my week. Last week, I tried this new candy called Hot Heads, which is from the brand Warheads. The sour candy... Well, Hot Heads are sweet, then they're sour, like a Sour Patch Kid, but then it has a kick of heat. I did like them alright, I probably wouldn't buy them again though. Have you tried the new Butterfinger Cups with the chili pepper on the front? I did. They were alright. They had a little bit, I mean, like a normal Butterfinger Cup, but then it had a little bit of a bit of heat to it. A little bit of a bite to it. I even had my coworker Ricky and my husband Jeremy try them, and they both thought they were just kind of okay. They probably wouldn't have them again either. Please stop. <clears throat> Sorry, um, my rabbit is out and about right now, and right now he's underneath the desk playing with my slipper. <laughs> so sorry about that if I uh, say something weird. <laughs> um, yesterday I took a trip to Grand Rapids. I went to Schuler's Books because I got a 20% off coupon and I found some books. Then I went to the cemetery to put the little dog figurines on my mom's headstone for Mother's Day, which is coming up next Sunday. And I usually go and put them up on Mother's Day and then I take them home in the fall for the winter time. And after that, I went and visited my grandma. I showed her how to use her little uh, netbook, like a mini laptop. And <clears throat> after that, I went to my dad's house, but nobody was, was there. So uh turns out my dad was up at the farm working on a hay rake. And he showed me his grain bins and his new grain dryer that he bought. And after that, I went back to Grand Rapids. It was probably about 12.30 by then. I was getting hungry. So I stopped at Arby's for lunch. After that, I finally I went home. It's like I've been up since like 
eight o'clock driving here and there, and it's just like, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting tired, so I'm like, eh, time to, time to head home. Well, today, Jeremy and I went to Farmington Hills in Michigan to the Holocaust Memorial Center. A three-hour drive both ways. Hold on, guys. I'll be right back. All right, I do apologize for that. I just wrangled him and put him back in his cage. He was getting to be a little bit too distracting. So, uh, that way, you know, we went to the Holocaust Memorial Center, which was a three-hour drive both ways, so I could see the Anne Frank exhibit. And afterward, I got to hear a guest speaker, a Holocaust survivor. The weather was good, and we stopped for lunch at Wendy's on the way there, and then on the way home, we stopped at Subway for dinner. All in all, you know, it, it was a good day. I also finished a uh, YA contemporary last Friday called Fireworks by Katie Katugno, and I thought it was good. I didn't like the ending. I kind of wished it had been better, that it just felt like all this, you know, the character's going along great. Things looked like it was going to, um, you know, go good for her. And then she makes a decision that I wish she hadn't have made. But in the long run, it, you know, it worked out for her. So, kudos to that. Alright. Now, I do have some very exciting news. Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, is getting a Little Brother podcast in looking back on my Wonder Years. A Wonder Years podcast. In this podcast, I'll be picking a handful of my favorite episodes from each season and talking about them. It'll be more like a best of podcast because I'm not going through every single episode. It's also going to be a bi-weekly podcast where I review two episodes every two weeks. The introduction episode is up on SoundCloud. On its own page, but I did upload it on the Punky Power podcast on iTunes, so you guys can listen to that. And I haven't yet submitted it to iTunes. I do want to get a few episodes uploaded onto SoundCloud first before I submit it, so you know you guys have m- more options than just the first two episodes to kind of see. Hopefully, if you like it, so it should probably be about a couple more weeks before I I do that. Alright, before we dive into this episode, last week I did an episode question of the week. What was your bedtime ritual as a child? Did you have a story read to you or a bedtime snack? What about glow-in-the-dark stars on your ceiling or a noise machine? Did you count sheep? How about as an adult? What bedtime rituals do you have now? Do you look at your phone or watch TV? Watch a little Netflix? Read a book? or snack before bed. Do you use the same methods to fall asleep as you did as a child? Well, I didn't get any responses from anybody, so I'll share some of my memories. I faintly remember when I was five or six and my mom would help me say the Lord's Prayer before bed. When I lived at my Aunt Debbie and Uncle Dwayne's house when I was seven and eight, I think uh, we just watched TV before bed. When I got older, um, I was living back home with my dad. I mostly listened to music, read, or watched TV before bed. I watched a lot of TGIF and Fox when I was 9 and 10, and later as I got older, I would play my Walkman before bed. I did have a bedtime, which was uh, a time to go to bed. It was 9 p.m. This was primarily because my dad had to get up around 5 a.m. to get to work, and he didn't want me making noise waking him up. Because, you know, he was kind of a light sleeper. 
Now as an adult, I get my shower out of the way first when I come home. I take care of Quinn, my cat, and London, my rabbit. You know, refill their water and everything and give them food. Uh, then I snack a little. I watch some DVR Simpsons episodes or uh, Growing Pains episodes that I DVR'd. Or sometimes I'll watch something on Netflix, like I'm watching season two of Fuller House again. Sometimes I read, but due to podcasting, I've been doing more reading on my breaks at work. Alright, let's go into the bonus question uh, episode of the week. And answer. What two shows did Henry let Punky stay up and watch? The answer, Knight Rider and Silver Spoons. Both NBC shows. In this episode, we see Punky trying everything she can to avoid going to sleep. From stalling with the bedtime story to counting sheep, staying up to watch Henry's opera program. We open the episode on Punky's bedroom. Behind her door in the hallway, we hear Punky beg Henry, Please, Henry! Henry opens the door and says, Come on, Punky, hit the hay! The way he says it is like, Okay, I'm done dealing with you for today, kid. I'm clearly worn out. You've got to get some sleep if you're going to grow up big and tall, he tells her. I'm willing to stay short for one more night, she answers back. Henry points his finger toward the direction of her bed and orders her to march. In the background, we hear this drumbeat pounding out a marching tune. She walks over to the bed, takes off her slippers, and gets into bed. I wonder if anyone has tried to replicate this bed in real life, like, tried to make it their own, like... Henry points out to Punky and says, Gotta get your beauty rest, young lady. Don't you want to be beautiful? At my age, I can get by with just being cute. Punky says. Do you have an answer for everything, Henry asks. Punky throws off the covers and pulls her knees in, saying, Let me stay up and we can find out. (laughs) Henry says, I let you stay up to watch Silver Spoons and Knight Rider now. Isn't that enough? I want to watch Revenge of the Slime People, Punky tells him. Now, that sounds like a movie made up for the show. I looked it up, and all I found was The Slime People, a movie that came out in 1963. No, Henry tells her. Okay, well, we'll compromise. How about Newsbreak with Connie and Chuck? Punky suggests. No, Henry says. What's up, Henry? Why do you keep checking your watch? Punky asks suspiciously. I'm just keeping track for the amount of sleep you're losing. Now lie back and close your eyes, he tells her. Okay, Punky relents. Henry tucks her in and turns to leave, but just as he approaches the door, Punky calls out, Henry! Stopping him in his tracks. Henry stops and turns. What? He miffs. I can't go to sleep. I've got too much on my mind, she tells him. Okay, um, she's eight years old. What could she possibly have on her mind? I mean, she has no bills to pay. She's not got a job. Heck, I mean, I wish I had her worries. Maybe I'll fall asleep faster if you read me a story, she she suggests. All right, as Henry checks his watch, but a quick one as he strides over the books. He picks a hardcover book titled The Happiest Fox in the Forest. Once upon a time, there was a little fox named Frankie who smiled and laughed all the time. He was so full of good cheer that all the animals called him the happiest fox in the forest. One day, Willie Wolf came up to Frankie Fox and said, Golly, Willie, says Frankie, good grief, is 
<laughs> Good grief. Is Henry trying to give the micro machine guy slash FedEx guy a run for his money with his fast dialogue or what? You got you ha- you got to do Frank uh, Willie's voice. Punky interrupts him. Henry does this deep voice that's hard to understand and uh, hard to understand impression. And Punky tells him you have to do Frankie's voice too. <laughs> Henry adopts a high pitched Mickey Mouse voice. Gee whiz, Willie! The end. As Henry closes the book. Dang, Henry is really pressed for time as he gets up and walks through the door. Henry! Punky calls out to him again. Uh, I'd be ready to pull out my hair if I was Henry. I'd tell Punky, I'm like, that's it. You've stalled enough. Just go to sleep. I don't care how. He whirls around. He whirls around. What? He yells. I'm still not sleepy, she tells him. Try counting sheep, he suggests coming over to her. Here comes sheep number one. Can you see him? Henry asks her, helping her visualize. I see him, Punky says, closing her eyes. Okay, is it me, or is she just trying to humor him? She has no plans of falling asleep. He's approaching the fence. He's jumping over the fence. Can you picture him? There he goes. Oh, he's so graceful, Punky pictures a sheep in her mind. Here comes sheep number two. And sheep number three. And sheep number four. Come on now, you, you do it, Henry tells her, checking his watch. That's something you really don't see anymore. People wearing watches because a majority of people just look at their phones. And sheep number five. And sheep number six, Punky says to herself. Okay, she's not even trying to sleep. More like she's trying to give herself a pep talk. And sheep number seven. Sheep number eight. Sheep number nine. And then she lets out a blood-curdling scream, which hardly seems warranted, being she was still awake with her eyes closed. Henry turns around, literally grasping at his heart. What's the matter? Sheep number nine crashed into the fence, she yells. Oh, Henry, it was horrible. You should have seen it. Should I pretend to call the farm ambulance, she asks him. Punky, Henry grits his teeth in annoyance. Now I really can't go to sleep. Okay, for those parents out there who have young kids, do you go through this every night having to wind your children down to go to sleep? What do you do that works? Find a way, Henry tells her. He points at her. Understand? He's using an I'm not messing around anymore tone of voice. She shrinks back in mock horror, falls back onto her pillow, and squeezes her eyes shut. Henry turns the light out, giving a final good night, and closes the door. All right, I'm going to play this clip for you. I just, um, the one of Henry reading the book, it's just so funny the way that he imitates these high and low pitched uh, voices. So I will be right back. <laughs> Maybe I'll fall asleep faster if you read me a story. All right. But a quick one. The happiest fox in the forest. Once upon a time, there was a little fox named Frankie who smiled and laughed all the time. He was so full of good cheer that all the other animals called him the happiest fox in the forest. One day, Willie Wolf came up to Frankie Fox and said, Golly, Willie, cause Frankie... You've got to do Willie's voice. Golly, Willie, cause Frankie, how come you so happy all the time? And Frankie said, gee whiz, Willie. You've got to do Frankie's voice, too. Gee whiz, Willie. I just said, that's all. The end. 
Henry? What? I'm still not sleepy. Try counting sheep. Here comes sheep number one. Can you see him? I see him. He's approaching the fence. He's jumping over the fence. Can you picture him? There he goes. Ooh, he's so graceful. Here comes sheep number two. And sheep number three. And sheep number four. Come on, now you do it. Sheep number five. Sheep number six. Sheep number seven. Sheep number eight. Sheep number nine. What's the matter? Sheep number nine crashed in the fence. Oh, Henry was horrible. You should have seen it. Should I pretend to call the farm ambulance? Punky. Now I really can't go to sleep. Find a way. Henry and excuse me. Henry enters the living room and closing the door to the hallway, checking his watch. Three minutes, he tells himself. Going through the swinging door to the kitchen, which still has a Michael Jackson thriller poster on it, he comes right back out with a big glass bowl of popcorn. That popcorn seriously looked really, really good. Setting it down on the coffee table, he glides over to the front door, locking it. Uh, why wasn't it already locked? That seems unsafe. I mean, this is Chicago, after all. Brandon's watching Henry do all of this methodically. Then Henry walks over and closes the blinds. That's weird. Then he goes over and takes the phone off the hook. All this to watch opera? Seems like a lot of work. Does he always do this? Go to this much trouble to watch opera? Rubbing his hands together nervously, he sits down on the couch. He looks over at Brandon, putting his finger to his lips, whispering, Shh. Henry checks his watch again and pops a piece of popcorn into his mouth, and we see in the background Punky sneaking out from the hallway into the living room. Punky walks over to the couch and stretching her arms in the air like she just woke up and it's morning. Henry suddenly turns to face her, surprised. Uh, good morning, Punky says. Henry looks around confused and then back at her. It's not morning. It's not? Son of a gun, she says, resting her chin on her hand. You've been in bed two minutes, Henry says. I'm a speedy sleeper, Punky admits. Henry stands up. Bed. Now, he points to the hall. It's not fair, Henry. Why do I have to go to bed early and you get to stay up as late as you want, Punky complains. Because I'm a grown-up, and grown-ups get to stay up late, Henry tells her. Why? Punky asks. Because grown-ups don't need as much sleep, he tells her. Why? Because we had to go to bed er- we got because we go to bed early when we're children and we get all that extra sleep, Henry points out. Then I'll make you a deal. I'll go to bed late now, and I'll get the extra sleep when I'm a grown-up, she says. I'll make you a deal. Go to sleep now, and I'll let you live to be a grown-up, he threatens. He puts his hand on her shoulder to lead her to the hallway, and she pulls away, walking over to the phone, asking Henry why the phone is off the hook. She puts the phone to her ear, checking for a dial tone. Oh, it is. So it is, he says. She puts the phone down and asks, What's going on around here? Always checking your watch? Phone's off the hook? Fresh popcorn? As she gestures to the coffee table. You're up to something, Henry. Level with me, Punky says. What is it? She asks with a sly smile on her face. 
All right, I'll tell you. There's a special program on television tonight, and I want to see it, Henry admits. Okay, I'll watch it with you, Punky tells him. No, it's a program for adults only, Henry inform her, informs her. Must be cable, she says. Bed, now, Henry yells, pointing to the hall. Okay, Punky says, walking through the doorway to the hall to her room. Henry turns on the TV. The announcer says, Coming up next, jo- Johann Strauss's classic operata, Deflator Mouse, starring the incomfortable... Oh, God. Ugh. Why did I write that word? Alfredo Aldito. But first, public television needs your support. Sounds like a PBS channel to me. Call in your pledge right now and receive a Channel 86 tote bag. Punky's just hanging by the arm of the couch watching TV and Henry is unaware of her presence. Here to tell you how to use this tote bag is Dick Cavett. At this, Henry turns the TV off. Wait! I want to see what he does with his tote bag! Punky admits. Henry turns surprised to see her out of bed. You again? Henry says annoyed. Come on, Henry. Why can't I watch the opera with you? Punky says. Because I watch the opera alone! He tells her, fists clenched in gruff voice. He gets up off the couch, frustrated, and walks through the door, turns back to her, because opera is one of the greatest joys in my life, and I share it with no one. Even when I attend the opera, I buy two extra seats so there will be no one sitting next to me, making inane comments or trying to borrow my program. He explains, You know, I feel the same way at the movie theater. I always purchase my ticket in advance and choose a seat in the way back under the projector and go to the earliest showing I can when I use the matinee coupon. I get so frustrated when people sit in my row or they sit in front of me. I watch the opera alone, Henry clarifies again. He angrily points to her bedroom. Okay, I can take a hint. Sadly, Punky walks away to her room. She turns back to Henry and says, But you know, Henry, you're not alone anymore. It'd be nice if I could sit in one of those empty seats. Man, she really knows how to turn the screws of guilt, doesn't she? But I can understand. I mean, it's it's her and, and him together. And just for him not to want to share this part of his life that he loves so much with her, even though she's a little kid, maybe she might not get it, but still, she wants to be, you know, involved with what he's into. Henry turns back to look at her. Good night, Punky says, turning around. Punky, where are you going? Henry asks. To bed. I thought our little talk was over, Punky admits, which shows that you know nothing about opera, Henry tells her casually, leaning back against the couch looking at her. It's not over, my dear, until the fat lady sings, Henry tells her. Punky smiles in the doorway. Come on, get over here. I want to teach you a few things, he gestures to the couch. Yippee! Punky yells, throwing her arms in the air in excitement. Now, I want to tell you that I take my opera seriously, so any foolishness out of you, and it's straight to bed, Henry points out. Oh, I'll be serious. Cross my heart, Punky promises. All right, the title of this opera is Deflator Mouse, he tells her. Is Deflator Mouse a relative of Mickey Mouse, Punky asks? (laughs) No. Deflator Mouse means the bat, he informs her. Ooh, the bat. Punky whispers to herself. Is this going to be scary? She asks him. No, hardly. It's a light operata, Henry tells her. Isn't that who you get when you dial O? An operata? She asks. 
He lightly checks him in the arm and he chuckles. What's the music like? She asks. The music, oh, it's truly beautiful. There's a wonderful duet in Act 1. Would you like to learn it? He asks. I'll give it a shot, Punky says. All right. This is my part. Henry belts out a baritone. Brandon lifts his head up at the noise. He's like, first of all, you know, I was silent and all of a sudden, you know, Henry's got a really, you know, strong baritone operatic voice. Very, very nice. Punky looks at him weirdly. And this is your part, he informs her singing. Are you sure you don't want to watch slime people, she suggests. No, no, now we sing it together, Henry tells her. Okay, she says, joining in. She starts singing along with him some made-up gobbledygook, kind of like, la, 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 you know, not really knowing the words, because they're in another, they're not in English. They're probably in, like, uh, Italian or, or French or something. It's really, really cute. I will play the clip for you at the end of, you know, the episode here. Henry turns on the TV, and the music starts, and they're both waving their hands like conductors. It's really, really cute. They're really both into it. Oh, and then, um, we see in the next scene, you know, Henry's, you know, watching it, and he's just got this look on his face like, uh, this really isn't as good as I thought it would be, kind of like, Alfredo's performance tonight is a bit, uh, lackluster, Henry admits, not impressed. Punky and Brandon are sacked out together at the end of the couch, and I thought, oh, that's so cute. Henry looks over at them. I apologize there, uh, Alexa, we have that, uh, Amazon Alexa thingy, and, uh, it, like, went off, and a lady's voice came out. I'm like, what? In the world? I was not expecting that. Anyway, Henry looks over at them. I see you agree. Henry changes the channel to the Slime People movie, and Punky smiles. All you hear is the screaming on the screen and a lady yelling, Run, Duke! It's the Slime People! Punky sits up and watches the movie with Henry. All right, that's the end of the episode. Um, here is clip two, the one where they're doing, they're singing along. It's really cute. I want to play it for you guys. I'll be right back. Now we sing it together. Okay. Let's just let the fat lady do the singing. Alright guys, I hope you liked that clip. Now it's time for Punky's Principles. Alright, here we go. Sorry about that guys. Where I give my own moral of what I learned from this episode. I feel that sleep is something that kids do anything to avoid. But when they get older, they'll realize just how precious sleep can really be, especially when they become parents themselves. Alright, now let's go to my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I gave this episode 3 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. One for Henry's impressions while reading the book, which I did get the clip. It's in the episode now. I hope you enjoy it. Two for the counting the sheep moment, which I thought was funny. Three for Henry and Punky's duet, 
when they're reading, they're singing off the sheet music, or at least he's singing and she's making a sad attempt. <laughs> I knocked off two tail wags for it being a mini episode and because it all took place in the apartment and, you know, Betty and Cherry weren't there. So it's pretty much the two of them. You know, it's not, I'm not complaining. I just, you know, I thought, you know, and it's a, it's a short episode. So yeah. Alrighty. So, let's get into our next segment. Segment. Welcome to Punky Peeps Around the World. Let's give a shout out to some new listeners this week. Alright, we have some new international listeners. We have South Yarra, Australia. Hawthorne, Australia. Makati, Philippines. I'm sorry if I butchered that name. And I'll probably butcher this one. Cadenet, France. We also have a returning international listener from Sterling, Canada. Thank you, Sterling, Canada, for continuing to listen. That's great. Now, we have some new listeners from the U.S. We have Austin, Texas, Rancho Santa Margarita, California, and Crowley, Texas. Sorry about that break there. I thought I hit pause. Um, <laughs> now, as I said, let's give a shout out to some returning U.S. listeners. We have Ashburn, Virginia, Hyattsville, Maryland, Muskegon, Michigan, Morton, Illinois, and San Diego, California. Oh, I'd also like to add a new U.S. listener from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you, thank you. And I want to give a sincere thank you to all you listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platform that you may use to hear this podcast. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Joining me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. You know, I was on the uh, IMDb Punky Brewster page, and I... Thought it'd be nice to share a little fun review that somebody left on their page about Punky Brewster. It's entitled, I Want My Punky Brewster. What happened to the sweet, precocious little girl we all grew up with? When the series was canceled, I felt there was something amiss and I wanted the network to bring Punky Brewster back. They never did. Now I cannot find reruns anywhere or... Uh, did any everyone forget how special and beautiful this little show was? It was one of those hidden gems, a show that brought the whole family together. When I came home from school in the afternoon, there were two shows, Small Wonder and Punky Brewster. When they came on, I would stop whatever I was doing, glue myself to the television, slip on my different colored sneakers, and instantly I'd have punky power. I remember how Soleil Moonfry lit up the room every time she smiled. It was like you knew everything was going to be alright. I loved how the show was always fresh and innocent, much better than the violence-induced cop shows and legal dramas of today's audiences. All right, it's time for the epi- next week's episode question of the week. For season one, episode nine, we are finally back into the 30-minute episode. Season one, episode nine, entitled Miss Adorable, where Punky is entered into a um, little uh, fun uh, pageant along with Cherry and Margot. So who will win the crown, the beloved Miss Adorable pageant? We will find out next week. So that question is, were you ever in a talent show or a pageant as a child? What was that experience like? 
if you um I will post this question on Instagram and Twitter and the Facebook Punky Brewster fan page so you guys can go there or if you want you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com and just let me know there and I will read it on the podcast. So let's get into the bonus episode question for you guys that may not have any pageant experience or talent show experiences. What other episode of Punky Brewster does actor Andy Gibbs star in? All right. How about let's give you a my favorite podcast. How rude a Full House podcast, an exhaustive deconstruction of the classic 90s sitcom Full House by Jonathan Pernsek and Brandon Shockney and their weekly guests. They are all most finished with this podcast, having covered eight seasons of Full House, and have the entire backlog on iTunes for you to listen to and catch up. This podcast is one of the reasons I decided to create my own because I want to talk about a show I love and bring shared enjoyment to my listeners. Or at least, I hope I'm doing that. That podcast is rated parental advisory for language and crude humor. If you're looking for a clean-cut, family-friendly Full House podcast show, check out the Fuller House podcast that I also listen to with Erica and Kyle. It's awesome because Erica gets interviews with cast members and they recap the episodes together as well as give behind-the-scenes info and from uh, Erica going to tapings, which is really cool. I'm also thinking of adding a couple fun segments to Instagram and the Facebook Punky Power podcast page. One will be called Caption This, where I take a screenshot of a scene from the episode I'll be reviewing and you caption it. The second will be something to do with either fashion, like best dressed or who said this line from the episode. And they give you possible answers to choose from. And then the winner will get a shout out on the podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And tell your friends and family about it. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, at Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, Instagram, at Punky PB Podcast, Twitter, Punky PB Podcast, Tumblr, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast, and for Gmail, for those of you that want to email me with episode and bonus episode answers or tell me what Punky Brewster means to you if you watch it as a child or have introduced it to your child. Which is that email is again Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail.com. Or also, you can send me anything punky-related as well as praise for this podcast. So, have a great week, punky peeps, and I will see you soon with a new episode next week. Thank you.